Welcome to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. Our program is designed to offer solutions to those individuals with exceptional needs, plus families, professionals, and educators. Dr. Sean and his guests will share ideas that you can begin using immediately in order to promote a harmonious relationship and move forward. Now, here is your host, Dr. Sean Surface. Well, good morning, Voice America, and welcome to 2020. This is our first show of the new decade, and let's all make it a great one. Uh, welcome back to Solutions and Strategies, taking on the challenge of Dr. Sean. I want to welcome you this morning, and I hope that you had a good week, and I hope that you have a good year. You know, we commonly make resolutions and ideas of what we want to do for the new year and I would say what you're working on right now presently is what you should focus on and not continue to concern yourself so much of future all the time try and stay in the present moment now this week we're going to continue our discussion of acceptance and commitment therapy and training we spent a lot of weeks talking about it we've also had live uh, webinars going on at the office and and online to help people understand the concepts and use the concepts um, I really want to continue to teach this type of mindfulness so that you as parents and teachers and individuals working on stressful situations can have a tool to utilize. Um, I've brought up several new concepts over the months, um, one being psychological flexibility, another being something called functional contextualism, and finally something called cognitive diffusion. And I want to discuss those things today in more depth um, but I kind of want to discuss like why why am I talking about all of this you know what is the, the the true point of coming up with a a concept to teach you coming up with different podcasts and shows to be able to teach you the different technologies to help you, but why? And, and for one, many of us have certain beliefs, certain things in our heads that we truly believe are real. That the things that we concern ourselves about the things that we worry about, decisions that we've made about how people feel about us, all of these different things get really stuck in our head and they seem so big. They seem so out of our own reach. We have things that have been going on our whole lives certain belief systems that we've fallen into that we connect as ourselves and we've lived so long with those negative thoughts about ourselves and how others may perceive us that we tend to create something much larger than it actually is and kids do it all the time especially when their their parent reinforces it now what am I talking about often you know kids learn that if they make a really big deal if they overact in order to obtain some what would be called regulating attention from a parent they may continue to overact and really explode around things when what they're really seeking is that 
regulation of their own emotion. And what do I mean by that? They're feeling really tense inside. They're feeling really upset and they don't know how to express the feeling. So they get angry. They cry a lot. They have tantrums. And all in order to gain the parental, and it's not just attention, it's regulating attention. It's this idea that if I act this way, you're going to realize that I'm really in pain, I'm really having a problem, and therefore you'll help me. But you won't help me unless I'm acting that way. So it's a, an interesting concept to think about. Because the other part of it is that he, you might find that the parent or the teacher or the adult or the spouse actually may need the regulating to feel necessary. Now, that's a hard concept to hear. It's like, okay, my kid or my student or my significant other freaks out around me because they want me to take care of them but actually I really like the fact that they want me to take care of them so I'll continue to reinforce and interact when they freak out around me hmm seems kind of odd what do I mean by odd doesn't seem like it's too helpful for you or the kid or anybody else that you're interacting with. So why do we do it? Well, it reinforces us in some way. In some manner, it makes us feel better. It makes the kiddo feel better. What we might find is that we're only interacting with our kids or our students or our significant other when they are freaking out and when they're calm and quiet we leave them alone to spend time by themselves because we think okay well they're doing okay I don't need to intervene if we only intervene when there's issues whether we only intervene during quote-unquote freak out time there's gonna be a lot of freak out time there's going to be a lot of dysregulation in order to maintain the relationship. Now that's, let's look at that concept. Dysregulation is maintained in order to keep a relationship going. One side wants protection, one side wants to be the protector. One side wants nurturance, the other wants to be the nurturer. One side wants to be fixed, the other one wants to be the fixer. So you have to examine both things. You have to examine not only why, what's going on that needs to be quote-unquote fixed with kiddo, why is he or she freaking out, but why do I have this need as an adult, as a parent, as a partner, as a spouse? Why do I have this need to fix it? Where is the reinforcement coming from me? A classroom teacher may need the class to be out of control in order to demonstrate a need for her own self-care or his own self-care. Now, well, like, what's that about? Well, teachers work very hard. Having a classroom is very difficult. So when you start to get worn down and you're dealing with a lot of stressful things, and everybody in the school is doing their own thing. So each classroom is like its own little world. And so your world may not be focused on all that much. But within your world, you're beyond the scope of being able to give out any more energy. 
therefore, you start to have difficulties in your classroom, and those difficulties commonly are responded by somebody finally coming in to give some help. But there's this concept that we've talked about before, which is the, the I don't want to accept positivity into my life because the negativity is what I'm living and it's what I get reinforced for. So me being the downtrodden person, I'm the one that's the, the, the one you should feel sorry for. And if I let go of that, that you won't feel sorry for me anymore. You won't help me anymore won't care for me anymore so to keep something dysregulated in order to get care can happen and we gotta look at that because we're like we talk about you know oh I've got a classroom with problem behaviors or I have a my kid has a problem behavior or my kid is a behavior problem. And where is the problem? Is the problem with the demonstrating behavior? Or is the problem with the form of communication the behavior is taking on? It's something that you have to look at and decide for yourself how much of this problem that I'm saying this kid has is the kid's issue and how much of it is me as the adult not being able to problem solve for one, but secondly... let go of the fact that the issue is a, a problem and rather look at it as what is the kiddo trying to communicate? What's he trying to let me know? What's my spouse letting me know through this behavior? What's my friend interacting with me in this way seems really gnarly. Why? What is it gaining for, for them through their interaction with me? What have I done in the past that has demonstrated that accepting you as a problem behavior is who I believe you are. Therefore, every time I interact with you, you act out and I respond to it. It becomes a relationship in itself. And it comes from us being really stuck in our heads around how something should be and how something should be interacted with. Why do we get stuck in our heads around something? Because it makes us comfortable. Because it allows us to only look at something in one way so that we're not bombarded by multiple variables in a problem but all problems and all issues are multivariable and so we're often ignoring things that are going on and and I'll tell you what happens the most often is that we spend all this time thinking about what we had done whether or not we could have done better and the rest of the time we spend about worrying about the future. What am I going to do? What's going to happen? Well, neither one of those times exists. The past is over. The future has not be happened yet. So you're not able to live in those situations. So what you're doing is you're abandoning the present. By abandoning the present, you're actually moving away from what you can actually do to truly interact with somebody. 
So if you see somebody has a problem behavior, you're anticipating that they're going to interact with you in a problem way. If you see somebody has a problem behavior, you're seeing them in the past based on the things that they've done or things that have occurred for them in the past. You're not looking at them as a current person and what they're offering you at that moment. So if you have a kiddo, say, who's having a lot of problems at school, but you don't really see it at home, well, then you may be regulating them in a way that helps them at home, but they're used to that and not getting that in the school setting. So with that... In mind, how do you get a kiddo working in the same way in both environments? Well, for one, same messages have to be given. That the number one message is, is that kiddo, you can be strong for yourself. You can be brave enough to actually suck at something. It's okay. You can take that risk and I'm going to still be here and your teacher is going to be here for you. That the freaking out or the upsetness lets me know that you're concerned, but you can tell me that you are too. Now, kids have problems doing that, but they're telling you through their interactions with you, through their quote-unquote behavior. So when you see that as a problem behavior... What we need to do is look at it as a communication or a way of creating a teaching moment. So we're coming up on our first break, and not only am I going to check my microphones and a couple things, but when we get back, we're going to talk about psychological flexibility, what it means, and some ways of, of developing it. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having a supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Well, welcome back, and I hope you had a chance to grab yourself a cup of coffee. We fixed a couple things that were going on over here, and 
Uh, I just have to share, because you probably have been hearing it also, the sounds of birds and parrots, possibly. Um, I'm in a place where there are wild parrots outside, and... And I'm not in some tropical place. I'm in the Pasadena, California area. <laughs> but we have parrots that fly down from the mountains and into the valley just around this time. So if you are thinking you're hearing birds and tweeting and parrots, you're not losing your mind. You are actually hearing these things. And we'll see if we hear any more today. Now, I want to continue talking about psychological flexibility. Um and again, I hope that the the audio sounds a bit better. It still sounds a bit roomy to me, but we'll just work through it. So we were talking before about how kids can be seen or people can be seen in a certain way. And that when you see that kiddo, you start to think, okay, something's going to happen. Something I'm not going to like is going to happen. Now, we have to look at that in two ways. One, the kid has a history of demonstrating behavioral issues, so you're not nuts. There's definitely a history there to think about. And your concerns about the future are that past behavior often uh, 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 estimates what's going to happen next. So our past behavior is often a determinant of what's going to happen in the future. But it's also because we say that. It's also because we expect the same thing to occur. So we set up the situation so that we are actually reinforcing certain behaviors that do lead towards that problem behavior. So we might, most behaviors are what are called a response class of behaviors. They don't start off totally gnarly. They build up, and as they build up over time, they might start off with somebody just kind of disagreeing about something, going, oh, no, I don't want to. And then when they're still asked to engage, they get more forceful. No, I don't want to. And that can continue to become stronger and stronger. And why? Because at some point in the past, that has worked. It has worked to freak out, lose it, become upset, because it usually will stop that thing that really challenges the, 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 the person, the kid, the person, the adult. So let me, let me say that again that the, the person may engage in certain behaviors because they have learned that they get to that point is they'll get some help. That they won't be asked to do something. That they, things will be a bit less challenging for them. And it seems weird. It's like, okay, this person's going to, totally freak out and stress out on me and their whole goal is to have less stress so when we start looking at that repetitive situation with somebody one of the things we can do is first look about look at our own psychological flexibility it's a personality trait that allows somebody to cope with changes in circumstances and to think about problems in a in a new way in a in a way that's creative it's it's used when stressors and unexpected events occur that flexibility that ability to look at things from multiple angles and not only look at something from one direction in one way and with one expectation A lot of unexpected things can happen, and that kid that you are so determined is going to lose it on you, well, you can have an unexpected event. He could have a really good day or a good hour. 
or a good session with you for 15 minutes. You could actually be sitting with the kid and they're doing okay, but you're worrying about them losing it. So you're losing out and abandoning that present moment with the kid because you're so concerned that he's going to have a problem. And why are you so concerned about that? Because it's going to then be a judgment on you. You're going to be judged on how the kid is behaving. So the, the true concern is how am I going to be perceived? And so you have to look at in order to build that psychological flexibility, am I able to accept what is going on around me or am I pretty much fixed on concerning myself with how others perceive me? So we've come up on our second break. It came kind of quickly, um, but when we return, we'll return to this concept of flexibility and personality and how we can use that flexibility to enjoy life a little bit more and to reduce our stresses at the same time. So we'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back. So we're talking about psychological flexibility, and we're really talking about it in regards to the concept of problem behavior, that why do we perceive something as a problem behavior? Well, let's just make it really simple. It's an interaction with somebody that causes you an issue. It's an interaction with somebody that causes you a conflict. It's an interaction with somebody that causes you a problem. So then you start seeing that person and their behavior as the same thing. So let's look at that. Children often learn to interact in a certain way because it brings them what they need. Now, kids are all about primary needs. Okay, so we can't expect them to be these big cognitive 
you know, altruistic individuals, being able to understand everything that's going on around them and being so for somebody else. Kids, as they're growing up, need a lot of primary support. They need to know that they're doing okay. They need to know that they're loved, they're cared for, and that they're loved and cared for no matter what situation that they're in. That's hard. Because you're going to go through this period of time where the kiddo is acting out all the time. And you're like, well, why are you acting out? Well, people act out because they want to show what's inside. But they don't know how to do it. So they do it in more of a aggressive fashion. Why? Why do it in an aggressive fashion? It's just going to push people away. Well, yeah. It's also going to make people notice you. If you have certain ways of coping and you still seem very stressed, I got to tell you a secret. Now listen very, very carefully. Your coping strategy isn't working. It may be delaying things that you need to do. It may temporarily stop an interaction with somebody. But if you utilize a coping strategy and after it, you still are stressed about that situation, you haven't really done a lot of problem solving. You've just done some delaying. And that may be occurring with the kiddo that you're living with or working with or the person that you cope, you get through moments, but you don't problem solve. And why not? Because you can only see the problem in one way. If he hadn't have done this, we wouldn't be in this conflict. If this hadn't occurred, we wouldn't have this situation. If the interaction towards me wasn't aggressive, we wouldn't have this issue. You're basing your problem solving on the externalization of the other person's coping strategy. You're not problem solving the true issue. So what is the quote unquote true issue? Well, that's going to differ. It's going to differ from person to person, situation to situation, but how you approach it doesn't have to change. Am I going to accept this problem situation for what it is in front of me, or am I going to imagine and predict all these things around it? Very sorry about all the noise this morning. It'll soon be over. Okay. Sorry, it's a little distracting to me also. Having a flexible personality shouldn't be confused with cognitive flexibility. Cognitive flexibility is like this ability to think about a bunch of things at once. And that's good. It's good to be able to think about multiple variables. But psychological flexibility is that ability to adapt to situational demands, to balance some of your life demands, and to commit to certain behaviors. And a behavior doesn't have to be a negative word. 
you may see behavior as something bad because you commonly call it something bad. But behavior is everything that we do. It's how we're reinforced for certain things in our lives and whether we're going to redo them or not. If something works for us, we're going to do it again. But if something is painful for us, we're going to tend to move away from it. So what do we want to do again? Get into an argument with our kid? Show the world that they're the behavior problem, not me? Make the kid the identified patient, the identified client, the identified problem? And never examine your own stuff around it? And that doesn't mean it's not just a kid. A spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a friend, uh, a fellow colleague that you have to interact with, that you always seem to have challenges with. Situations are going to change all the time. You're going to be in certain situations that are going to... work well for you and there are going to be in certain situations that aren't. That's life. Maybe you're waiting for this perfect thing to occur. This like life with no problems, life with no challenges. Um, that's not going to happen. And even those things that we continually fix and try and put some stability around, still may fall apart, still may have a problem. But if it's working for you while it's right in front of you, accept it. Also, at the same time, do yourself a favor. Accept the fact that there may be some challenges that come up around it. But that that thing itself is not a challenge, and that person is not a challenge, and that kid is not a challenge. The things that they're dealing with in their lives may be challenging, the things that you're dealing with in your life may be challenging, and you both are having these challenging events occurring which are colliding with each other. Once the collision occurs, that's when you start to have the problem behavior with each other. That's when it seems like a problem because you both have stuff that you're dealing with and now all of a sudden, not only are you trying to deal with those internal things, but you're trying to relate with somebody. If a child learns that the only time you're really going to give them attention and give them nurturance is when they're freaking out, they're going to do a lot of freaking out. Catch them being calm. You know, we used to have this concept, catch them being good. And catch them being good meant when they're doing the thing that you would like, go and spend time with them. Because then that's reinforcing to them, and that means it's reinforcing to that thing. That thing that you're trying to get them to do, which is to be calm and be stable. Catch them being calm. Catch yourself being calm. When you find yourself in a pretty mellow state, when you find yourself in a unagitated state, recognize it. Look around you. What's going on around you at that moment? And you might start to believe that that moment is like every moment. That the only bad moments occur when you say that they are bad. I deal with all sorts of stuff all the time. Really hard, stressful situations. 
But right now, on this Thursday morning, things are okay. Coming up on our last break, and when we return, I want to try and get into this concept of making things bigger than they are. Because we tend to do that with this hope of getting a big return. If I make an issue a really big deal, then I'm going to get a really big amount of help and really big amount of nurturance around this. That's not always the case, and it might be the case temporarily. So when we come back from the break, we'll try and hit that concept. Be back in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to seansurface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, welcome back. So we were talking about a couple of different concepts today, and one of the concepts that we're talking about is psychological flexibility, this ability to kind of change the way that you work with situations and to be able to work with them in the present situation that you're truly in. Because you may be worried because you're afraid something bad's going to happen, or you may be upset because you have not had success in the past around it. But what you're not allowing yourself to do is to live presently. Now, one of the things that we do in our heads is we create these really, really big things out of something. I I recently was supposed to go and visit somebody And this person has had, we've had a lot of conflicts in the past. And they're older than me. And I've looked up to them in a a certain sense with expectations of them being a guide or being somebody that I would want to follow. But I've had a lot of problems with them. And so every time I go to interact with them, I anticipate that there's going to be all sorts of issues. So I had to travel to another state to see this person, and I was totally nervous. I was nervous on the flight. I was imagining all sorts of things that I was going to have to deal with, um, concepts that had really solidified in my head and we call it cognitive fusion it's this idea that you just start thinking about something in one way and you just can't see it in any other way and usually it's very negative and something that you see as more powerful than yourself so one of the things that we try and work on in, in ACT acceptance and commitment therapy and training is this idea of cognitive diffusion It teaches people to not take their thoughts as literal in order to decrease their believability 
of negative thoughts and increase their flexibility to behave as they want. So I get there, I check into this hotel, I start finding all sorts of problems with the hotel. Uh, the person I'm traveling with, we start getting kind of gnarly with each other. And I start to realize, of course, that I'm having these interactions with the person I'm traveling with because I've got certain concepts in my head that I have fused and that I truly believe are just going to go so bad that there is no chance of having a successful visit. So I started thinking I'm the worst and then I'm having thoughts that, you know, I'm the one that causes this and I'm the one that's going to bring these problems. That cognitive fusion really can only be dispelled in one way by looking at what's currently going on in front of you. So how did I do it? So I'm literally in the car and I'm driving over to this person's house and the GPS is telling me turn right, turn left, turn left, turn right. And I get to the street, and I realize as I'm driving down the street towards this person's house that all the houses are the same. They all look the same. They all have the same size lot. They all have a tree in the front yard. They all have the same similar build to them. And I'm thinking to myself that each house has people. And in those people are situations and issues that they deal with and problems that they may or may not have and are they any more powerful of problems than this person that I'm going to go see down the street and if they are shouldn't I be affected by every single one of them shouldn't I be affected by house one and house two and house three no of course not not affected by any of them because I don't know about any of them. I don't know anything about any of them. What a saving grace. The ability to not know anything. So by the time I got to the person's house that I was going to go visit, their powerfulness totally diffused because I just looked at their house, imagined myself walking up to the front door and beginning a conversation with this person that I really realized that I don't know all that well either. I only know from the interactions that I've had with them. There's something in act called self as context. And it's where you attempt to have people create an awareness of their own experience without being attached to them. So I was aware that I was nervous and that there was could possibly be issue. But I also realized that I was the one in charge of that, of how much it was going to infect me, how much it was going to infect my system. I created the thought. The thought isn't me. It's just like when we say to a kid that they're a problem behavior. They're a kid. We have a problem with their situation. Thus, we put all the stress on them as being the issue. When I can guarantee that they're only a variable of the issue. Because had I not had that perception as I was driving down the street, that each one of these houses is the same and inside are people with issues and problems, good and bad, and I don't know any of them, so none of their stuff affects me, and I truly don't even know this person that I'm going to go and visit, except for the visits that I've had with them. 
the power of that situation totally diminished. And instead of going in with a, oh, how long is it going to be until I can get the hell out of here? I went in with kind of an exploratory mentality. Like, wow, here's your house. Wow, haven't seen you in like five years. How are you? How is your health? How's your day-to-day -day existence? Rather than creating in my head that this person had negative thoughts towards me, had negative things about me. All of that was in my own thinking. But then I looked at something really, really, really big. And what was that? Valuable, values. I'm only going to commit to certain actions in my life that are valuable to me. So if this person that I was going to go visit really doesn't contribute much to my life, good or bad, doesn't really promote the values in my life that I work towards, then they're really not important. And I put the importance on that person by, by extending my value system onto them. But if they're truly not within your value system and they don't have a connection with you and what is important in your life, don't make them that over-powerful, important being. Next week, we're going to continue our discussions about acceptance and commitment training and mindfulness and we're also going to have a live uh, webinar next on the 22nd and so I, I will discuss that next week too so we'll continue our discussions next week on mindfulness and ACT and remember that on strategies and solutions, taking on the challenge with Dr. Sean, we're about your success. And know that each day can be a new future you dream of having in your life. See you next time. Blessings. Bye, truck. Bye, birds. Thanks so much for listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Be sure to join us again next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.